0: So, you are very
2: festive. Like this is giving me very much so I've been invited to my boyfriend's holiday dinner. We're about to go
0: eat. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I feel cute today. I feel cute today. I went out to um this restaurant called Perry Perry's and it was good. So I felt I felt cute today. Thank you.
1: <laughs> you love you. I'm, I'm, definitely the
0: to, I'm definitely going to nobody's Thanksgiving in the middle of COVID pandemic uprising
2: (laughs) no
1: shade I'm kind of annoyed
0: because my brother um, my little brother he finally has a Thanksgiving where he has his son Mm -hmm. and we were planning for me to come to because he lives in Ohio we were planning for me to come there finally now that he has a son Um, and because I've never he's four years old and I've never actually met him oh so it's kind of wild. Um, I'm about to
2: do it. So I
0: bought gifts and did all that kind of stuff, but I haven't actually <laughs> met him. And you know, so I was like, "Oh my god, I should go to Ohio." But I was like, "We're at a, we're in Texas. I'm in Texas, and I'm like." This is a high red risk COVID state, and I'm flying, traveling from this state. I don't know. I feel like that was irresponsible. <laughs> I didn't like. I don't I don't
2: definitely makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's been. I it feels like we've been in the pandemic for so long, and I've I've really gotten accustomed to like, just like the move of it, and I haven't like I've seen people around me, but we're not. We don't live in a rural area where we don't have access to you know, um, hospitals and care like that. So we're not seeing people um, pass away left and right, like the smaller communities, rural communities are. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that, I've kind of like, and I'm not saying that it's not happening. Um, I'm just saying just because it, um, specifically in my life, because it's because of the navigation of um, just my life now, it's been really, really kind of, how can I say like just navigating has been a lot easier and um I really don't I don't feel like 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 there's any danger anymore but then like I've seen on social media like people still in hospitals and and people on breathing machines and I'm like whoa like this is still happening, girls. And then I watched the news last night, and you see the numbers and the cases of people being affected. Like I think I I heard a statistic where people. Um, I think he said that it was, um, it was a big statistic where like every minute, fifteen people are dying from coronavirus. That's how that's how bad it is right now. It's like oh my gosh, like this shit is. It hasn't went away. She's still here. Well, it's <laughs> so, a second wave. You what?
0: It's a second wave.
2: Right. So I'm like, I, I think, I, in a way, what I'm trying to say is I, I became oblivious to it. And, um, like, I definitely had a wake up call because I just started thinking about, like, traveling and holiday stuff as a trans person and um, how, how to navigate that. And didn't think of coronavirus, but then it definitely was awakened last night.
0: Oh no, I was, I've been when I started seeing around the election, like right before the election and all that kind of stuff, it was like peaking back up, like it was dropping and then it's peaking back up, I was like oh no, and another reason why you feel back to normal is because you live in Texas and we have shitty ass government that you know, that allow motherfuckers just to be free, 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 even if that's That's
1: true. we're a high risk,
0: high COVID case state and so um you know i was feeling that let up now i wasn't traveling um but i, I was feeling that let, i think the last time i traveled was in july um and you know i was i was feeling that let up like oh it's kind of as long as you have your mask and you're tipping around it just it felt it seemed like it was back to normal i was going to restaurants i was you know it just seemed like it was back to normal but Then, when I see those peaks again, I was like, oh no, time to lock back down. Boom. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do any kind of Thanksgiving. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to, you know, to be be responsible and lock down and that. So that's where I'm at. And it's kind of during this time, it's kind of down because it's holiday time. I know. This is when you get. I was literally thinking about that, Diamond. Like asking you, were you
1: guys going to do like the
2: Friendsgiving?
0: Yeah, we used to do it, but it's like now they' trying to do it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm okay. like, mm, I don't know what's been going on. So, what do y'all think about the vaccine? Are y'all are y'all willing to take the
1: vaccine? Um, after after some people tried for me. You want the trial people to go with. <laughs> yeah, ahead. Right. Yeah, I see.
2: After the first one. See, I don't, I'm the type of girl. I, ha, I don't even do um, the flu shot. I did her one year and got the flu and I was that's oh, all bitch, that's a lie. Never again. <laughs> the flu shot don't work. Sometimes, so I'm
0: you, not- Sometimes you do get sick from the flu shot. Sometimes that's, a, that's a nauseous. Yeah.
2: I'm not here for that. That's my leg. I'm not doing that. That's stupid. How I'm trying I'm in a healthy spot. I take something to not catch them and have to go through symptoms of being sick No, fuck that. Imagine that's what happens with the flu shot. What the fuck's gonna happen? What's the side effects of the coronavirus um, shot? If baby, listen, you probably have diarrhea, a little catch of a you know sneeze here and there, bitch asshole might fall out. Girl, all types <laughs> I hope not All types of symptoms you ain't never heard of Bitch sneeze, your brain comes through The motherfucking te- parts of your brain Because you know that's how they do the little test I'm just saying <laughs> I
1: hope not That's very good
2: <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, being, I'm really being extra But I, 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 <laughs> I would think That it would come with some symptoms And hopefully not the worst And I don't want to be the first wave I'm not coming through the first wave that we still put it in our hormones, like let the trainees, let the confused ones have it first, but we'll put a little mix of coronavirus. <laughs> the Anti-coronavirus with their estrogen and they testosterone blockers. You really want to be a man though? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: no, no. I don't know. I feel like I think I would do it. I think I would do it. Um, I think I would take it. Because so. I'm just going to get back to normal. But also I don't know, part of me is like because of the history with the medical industry and medical field and medications and them testing on black folks and all that kind of stuff. I feel like it makes black people more like, uh-uh, <laughs> it makes us like, uh-uh, no, we, we not gonna let, let these old motherfuckers do it and blah, 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 blah. I, think, I feel like even if nothing like was, is wrong, that history makes us more leery of it. Yes, it's
2: like
0: most okay. definitely. I don't know what's that to so I, I am. I'm wary, but I'm. I'm, I'm not wary. I'm, I'm. I understand people. Other people's wary, but I would take it if, if I had access to it. And you know, I would take it. Hopefully, we'll get it together, and we don't have to be stuck in the house. And this is just going to be a strange holiday. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic act. What's (laughs) basic for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. It's quite apparent more than any other time that I remember in my lifetime that votes matter. (laughs) Votes matter, particularly when we're talking about organizing and policy changing on a local level. Votes matter. So I think it's really, really important for us to take the time and talk about Georgia's runoff that's happening in January. January the fifth or seventh somewhere first week of january yes the dates that are important currently is the 7th of december and the 14th of december because the 7th is the last day that georgians is that how you say it georgians yeah it's the last day that y'all can register. So if you was like one of them people. Oh I'm not going to vote. Oh I ain't I ain't worried about that stuff. And you want to get in the game now. Now that we see how close. This race was. <laughs> during the general election. For the presidency. Now. If you feel like your vote didn't matter then. Now you can see that your one little vote. <laughs> matters. We could have really really. We, we could have won it by meaty margins. Don't you like things that are meaty? I like things that are meaty. Give me girth. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure by December the 7th that you have registered to vote if you live in Georgia. By December the 7th, you can register to vote so your vote can count for these Senate seats because we need them. Because if we win these two in Georgia, then we have the advantage because we have Kamala as the vice president to be the last deciding vote if it comes down to that. But if we don't win these, don't win these, then Mitch McConnell can do his bitch made, Mitch made shit. (laughs) You feel what I'm saying? So we want to make sure that we do our part. Register the vote by December the 7th. Early voting starts. December the 14th in Georgia. Early voting. So, yeah, you see how beautiful the old early votes came in in Pennsylvania. Those early votes just came in looking all beautiful and blue, shaking the Republicans up, making Trump throw tantrums. (laughs) Didn't that look lovely? Didn't that feel lovely? It just, well, I don't know, in the moment, it didn't feel lovely. I don't like it. I don't like it if it was that close. But still, you know, we want meaty margins, meaty, meaty, meaty margins. But still, it still felt good when we knew that those early votes was in and we were winning and doing our thing. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, December the 14th, early voting starts so that you can take your butt and plan and early vote and get it out the way, so you ain't gotta wait to January the fifth and standing lines and all that kind of stuff. But even if you got standing line, you know how it goes. Georgia, y'all know how it goes. Y'all know they play to try to play them games. Also, make sure you right now today go check if you voted even in the election. Go check and make sure they ain't purged you off the system. You know they playing them crazy lunatic white supremacist games to suppress your vote so make sure you go check make sure you still registered. make sure because people are saying that when they go when they have just went to check randomly they've been purged out of the system so don't let these folks fool you they still out here playing these games these reindeer games and ain't even christmas yet don't fall for the okie doke go check right now if you live in georgia go check Make sure you still register. You ain't being purged and you can make your vote. Make sure. December the 7th is the last day to register. December the 14th, early voting starts. And the first week of January is when the. It is actually let me go look just to make sure why I'm talking about dates. Yes, January the 5th that is going to be the definite the definite day to vote but you can early vote the 14th got it so make sure you're planning register on the 7th so the 7th is last day to register the 14th early voting started and the 5th is the last day to vote so make your plans georgia come on we got to get this and this is important why this is a part of trans 101 is because when we're trying to get these policies passed we need the Senate, bitch. <laughs> we need the Senate. We don't want Mitch to be mentioned. You get what I'm saying? And we want to make sure that we got the house in our favor, we got the president in our favor, we got the Senate in our favor. You feel me? Right. So, we are invested in Georgia doing their thing so we can have the majority. Right? right so that's why it's important how y'all motherfuckers and we know we got a ton we talking about Atlanta we got tons of listeners in Atlanta Georgia honey we're a queer podcast of course (laughs) so we want to make sure we are doing our part here on March's play to let you know to get out and do your vote do your thing and we appreciate you for supporting us but now it's time to support us in this way go ahead register to vote do your thing y'all y'all did your thing for flipping it blue I love y'all but we we got we got some more twirling to do put up the dukes all right (laughs) this is trans why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do, resort to what the white people do
1: to get you to give them money?
0: <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show.
1: And the time when somebody speaks up for a super marginalized group, Um, Even though they have a lot of things under their pillow, is their opinion still valuable? Um, Even though they have a lot of stuff in their closet, is their opinion still valuable in that time? Um, Should we listen to their opinion? Um, I basically say this to say, recently Mike Tyson, in a way, defended Zaya Wade by saying, you know, basically kind of saying, who am Who am I to say anything? You know what I'm saying? like I've done my shit. Who am I to judge anybody and um he was defending Zaya Wade um as far as Labui's remarks um when Labui commented on Zia Wade's transition um if you don't know, he said it was a lot of problematic stuff and um you know he was talking about a child's genitalia and he's known for doing that um <laughs> as far as getting his son saying he got he was gonna get his son head and uh, all this different stuff oh, he did. from a grown woman and it wasn't just head. yeah and it's something that they normalized and um kind of just laugh about and You know, Mike Tyson is somebody who's been convicted of rape and spent six years in jail, was sentenced to 10 years, but only did uh, six. Um, He's Robin Givens, who he used to be married to, um, said he used to abuse her. He used to have bad temper tantrums. And he's, he's had a lot of cases not cases, but he's had um he's been accused of doing drugs and all types of different things. So in that moment, knowing that most cishet men, especially in the media, of that status, it's not been common that they've spoken up, especially somebody like him who's been who has a a record of being bi with, um, and upholds masculinity in a way you know like to do a sport like boxing where it's literally violent is his opinion any value to y'all knowing that he defended Zaya in a way and he has all of that stuff in his closet and can you see a time where people could it's probably sound like a stupid question but I just want—I know that we'll go further into it based off your answers. Um, I don't think it's a stupid question. I think that's an interesting question because
0: it's—it's it's because you're looking at his past as a rapist and as a abuser, and then fast forward—how um, many years later? That was in definitely when I was twenty, twenty-five. 25.
1: 25. He was convicted in nineteen ninety two yeah that was shit. I was um eleven he was in his early twenties, like
0: yeah so it's 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 been a long time, but that doesn't mean so for me, you're a rapist, you're an abuser, it's certain things that I don't know if this is right or if it's wrong, but there's certain things that I'm gonna always hold over your head. For me, my own personal opinion about you: um, if you molest children, thirty years later, and I know you molest children, I'm gonna still be like, "Oh, you're gross. You're a trash motherfucker. You was molesting kids thirty years ago. That's gross." So I'm not. it's for me, there's not a way as much as i say oh i be- i want to i want to believe in like restorative justice um i think my real feelings i say that i want to say that and i want to believe it but my real feelings if i want to if i want to and i'm and i'm still working through this so i'm just going to say it i think my real feelings are i don't feel like the fucking racist us government should have the power to constantly um, harm people or be the last say in punishment of people. I, I have a problem with the prison system and that the, how that works. But as a community member, I feel like I have the freedom to hold a grudge. I have a freedom to um, not want you in community sometimes. I feel like your community harm is so severe that you should be exiled. You shouldn't have platforms. You shouldn't be in the spotlight and a star after you abuse women and raped women. You shouldn't have, Mike Tyson shouldn't have a podcast that Little Bootsy should go on. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he shouldn't have a podcast that, a platform that he is celebrated. I just, I don't don't think that that's right, but I can't control that. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? I can't control that. He did, based on the rules of society. He paid his debts to society. He went for six years and now he's out. So, you know, I don't think rapists should have platforms. I just don't. And so, but that doesn't take away from what he said to Little Bootsy about his commentary about Zaya. And so his commentary wasn't really affirming her, he actually agreed with Bootsy. This is what he said. He said, I actually Mm -hmm. agree with you, right? But check this out. Who the fuck am I to say anything? Who are you? What happened to you that made you think you can comment on somebody else's life? I used to think that I could make a comment about somebody else's life, but who the fuck am I? And little Bootsy says, my mother told me the same thing that you're telling me right now. But I said it and I stand on what I said. So he's not really defending her. He's just saying, I may I agree with you, but it's not your place to say it, because that's not your business. That's not your child. That's not, you know, that's not you. You feel what I'm saying? That's it's not you, it's not, and it's none of your fucking business. And so while I agree with that, <laughs> he's not actually defending her. Cause he's actually saying I align with you. right you see what i'm saying so i don't even take it i'm not giving him some kind of credit like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) no you weren't you said i agree with you and i and i fundamentally think that that's wrong and so but i do agree that it's not your fucking business it's not your place to say it. who the fuck are you you are fucking criminal as well you have you are trash you basically um, a pedophile of uh, you, uh, a fucking whatever, what it, what it is you're enabling, pedophilia when you're trying to get your son's dick sucked by old ass old women and adult women when they're teens and all that shit. You are trash too. So you ain't got shit to talk. You ain't got shit to say to me about a moral compass and what is right and what is wrong. You are fucking trash. So for me, both of them are trash. <laughs> you know, both of them are trash people having a conversation about a, a 12-year-old child and one just so happened to be saying something right in the sense of, it's not your business and it's not your place. How dare you? That's how I feel about
1: it. I, I did feel
2: a little bit of joy. The only because, only because I understand um, the way... Um, like even though I want society to operate the way I want in my in my mind of liberation for trans folks and for equality for everybody and specific specifically equality for for black femme bodies or black femme people, um, I understand the hierarchy of it. So like him, like, but because everybody isn't as educated. Or open-minded to see to see what we just to see what you you and Diamond just described about um, like 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 the type of person he is and going to depth about like breaking down the way he did to to people who literally especially men to men who see like violence and establishing their way through manhood by um, dominance and and um, reputation. They see that as, oh my gosh, he's this epitome of what we see as a man, and he's actually bold enough to say, hey, chill out, basically. Basically, just chill out. And... Boos him do nothing like he didn't. Of course, he didn't rebut him because of of the platform that he's on he, and Mike Tyson's reputation within manhood or that space that they operate in. And then you could almost it almost seemed as though like a mentor talking to a um, disciple, not a disciple, but a um, you know somebody uh, uh, below them. And they, like, and I could see how that impact. That com- the, their community, as well as how how I see what he did with his platform and how it co- impacted their community, because 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 Tyson's platform is so legendary within their space that he can trump all the bullshit he said because of where he stands. So. That, that's where I've seen it from because sometimes like I try to look at it through their lens and how it can with us. And I'm not saying that we're not doing that I'm just saying that I, I understand both everybody's perspective on it and I, I and like how how small it is as well no, if that makes I, see, sense.
0: I see what you're saying because you how I'm taking what you're saying is because of the status that Mike Tyson has he He has a message that Bootsy can actually receive. And the people listening to him, he can actually receive because of the status. He's somebody who is deeply embedded in toxic masculinity culture or his image. Maybe not him particularly. I don't know what's going on. But he is one of them people who in the past, Tyson had become a symbol of... This society's attack on black men. In the same way of Clarence Thomas, in the same way of R. Kelly at one point, in the same way over the, my lifetime, these are the people Clarence Thomas, R. Kelly, Mike Tyson, um, who Michael else? Michael Jackson. Kobe. Who?
1: Michael Jackson. Michael
0: Jackson, Kobe Bryant. All these men, what they have in common in my lifetime, I don't know about any Bill other, Cosby Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby Bill Cosby definitely, absolutely. These men, because of their um, transgressions, there is a sector of men who no matter what we say or what they do, they're going to blame their downfall or their accountability on us attacking men. Because that's how patri- patriarchy protects itself. Men not believing <laughs> that their greats can be trash. <laughs> and so they are more invested instead of dismantling patriarchy and dismantling um, rape culture and di- dismantling anything that harms people on the lower spectrum. Um they, they're more inclined to believe, oh, this is just an, another black man that they're trying to take mm-hmm. down. It's like they like they can't be flawed, <laughs> but mm-hmm. this is they're just trying. To, and he is one of those cynical people in the culture that is, you know, there's people who didn't believe that he raped Desiree Washington. There are people who didn't believe that he beat um, Robin Givens. There are people who don't believe that. And so that stuff isn't real. He just got caught up in this imbalanced justice system and they threw the book at him and gave him 10 years even though he didn't do that shit. What the fuck? She go to the hotel for. All that that bullshit. They're going to be in. And And so somebody like him having a platform because, you know, at the end of the day, (laughs) when black men get held accountable, they don't just get Honey, they can come back from mm-hmm. that trauma. Clearly, he's one of the examples because clearly he has a rape case and abuse case, and here he go with a whole podcast and weed business because he got a whole weed business and da 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 whole luxury <laughs> shit that he has. You know, he's revamped and rebranded um, himself into this this thing, and so only black women who get canceled stay canceled,
2: <laughs> like um, Chrisette Michelle.
0: That That's one example, absolutely um, So for me I get what you're saying You're saying that because of the position The status and position that he is As a patriarch He can actually actually say something And have the power for them to listen to it A little boozy And say, maybe you shouldn't be talking about that Because that's none of your business Leave that shit alone Talk about something else And so next time something happens with Zayaway Maybe little boozy might keep his mouth shut Or other people might keep. I'm not saying that that's guaranteed, but somebody like you said, with the level um, of masculine um, imagery and positive masculine imagery and whatever that is within their
2: patriarchy, within
0: their patriarchy, right? Mm -hmm. he, He might can be effective in saying, "Leave motherfuckers alone. That's none of your business." Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being legit. I think so too. I just unfortunately but yeah you know I just I just feel like um you know do your work if that's a part of the sis head niggas work to tell people my name business all right thank you the little crumbs we'll take it we go still to do what we can but if that's the best you can do Alright, we'll take it Go ahead, tell your,
2: niggas, your little
0: homies To mind their fucking business school Period.
2: Period Hashtag, you in my business
1: <laughs> Don't do that, um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So basically I, feel, I basically feel the same way How y'all feel um, I really am Too young I'm really too young to even remember any of it. I'm not saying y'all do. but First
2: of all, I was born in 89. So, what do you mean?
1: Okay, so for answer, you, don't, I have What'd you a, say, Diamond? You were kind of too young, too. Yes. I'm just saying, like, I have a. Uh, I know all these things. But you
2: mentioned, are old, and what else?
1: I'm just. I'm
2: I'm
1: saying. First of all, go ahead. I'm done. I'm just playing. But first, uh, basically, I have a disconnect from him, anyways. But as a trans person, knowing that, why are you all in my mouth?
2: I'm trying to be attentive, and I'm be, I'm caring. I'm, you know, I'm letting you know that I'm paying attention to to you I'm giving you my undivided attention. Like earlier, I was on my phone. And I felt like that was a little disrespectful. So y'all let you know.
1: Yeah, like this. yeah I, <laughs> but I just want to let you know that I'm paying
2: attention. That what you're saying is important. That's what. I, you're late for that. Find it. Let me find it. Where
1: is my phone? is okay, but anyways, mm-hmm. let, me, let me be serious. All right, so basically, I'm I have a disconnect from. I'm pretty sure there's people that really feel it, like older folks that really feel it, like when they remember all that stuff going on, and um, as far as with Mike Tyson and his cases, and um, but. As a youngster from the outside looking in, you know, me just knowing about his legacy and stuff, I felt like um, in a person that's not very informed of, of all that happened, to the point where I have to look up everything to realize, you know, but only the first thing I know is only his legacy and what these men uphold and as a man you know looking at all that i just focused on the positive in that situation in that moment as a trans person too mm-hmm. and i just felt the joy and let myself just dwell on that it's not like a ooh, like euphoric feeling it's just like um finally somebody on this that is kind of publicly on a large platform calls that I, we need to mind our business like who am I like I feel like more people need to be in that thought process and knowing that the men that look up to him um will value that opinion because they only really value each other's opinions at the end of the day yeah you know I just thought it was interesting I just wanted to talk about it um but I still do feel like that's a lot of trash stuff and we we have the right to critique people at the same time as well as saying, okay, yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, um, you know, fake people could say real shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, it's just looking at that like, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I'm not, and I'm not going to disregard everything you said, but still don't really fuck with you like that. And I might fuck with your work or you know, things that you did. Like, I'm a person that could not acknowledge that and not just say, No, I'm not listening to nothing you say. It sounds stupid, but it sounds kind of weird, but that's
2: how No, I do get, you got me until like I can fuck with your work and
1: not fuck with you. Well, I do, I am a fan of his athleticism.
2: Oh yeah, cause like literally, them niggas be canceled. I I erased that whole like I love I love me some Benji Boosie, but like all that back two back two light light-skinned bitches kissing in the backseat, all that's deleted out my my playlist. <laughs> um, Tory Lanez got deleted. We not supporting no niggas wearing black women out. No, when, I all you problems that is is canceled. Like I I be wanting to be like damn that one Tory Lanez song, kind of you know that's a good. Booty shaker, but I'd be like, "Nah, girl,
0: you tried it, and I'm not gonna support you." I'm like, you know, views. I'm like, you know, airstream.
1: Girl. I know that, but how
0: far does that go? So, there's not one person that has had that done something that you that that is counselable that you like. All right, don't worry about it. Oh,
2: I I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had the other day. I had said Chris Brown. But long it was not the other day, but literally like some months ago. I was really feeling it, but then I was like, oh, he's he's garbage. I started getting more tea. You know, you start getting into it, then you really understand how much pro- how problematic it is. And then I started reflecting. I'm like, I but really, I, I do a lot of reflection, and I I, I started thinking like, how can you? So like be such a Rihanna fan and really have that thought, and not just a fan, just like, how could you really support black women and have like all these all these things that's happened to you in your life with domestic violence and abuse? And strongly support that and still be like, "Oh, just because this nigga is fine." He can somewhat get a pass? That's so fucking contradicting and problematic. And I mean, I'm a I'm a human, so I I'm I'm okay with like talking about my flaws and like getting working through them and you know and stuff like that. I mean,
1: but when was, other people commit them, would you want somebody to cancel you completely? Would you care if somebody just cancel you completely and just throw away all your work that you did? Like, how would you feel about that? Even even if, ah, uh, this sounds so problematic, but I don't think it's, because you're not going to enjoy shit. Like, no, you're not going to enjoy nothing. Because everybody's not, going to be careful. Everybody, well, Everybody make mistakes. So
2: We do make mistakes, but some people Wait, mistakes. wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 We do make mistakes.
0: <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate. Because. Because that's how some people see it. Because there is a... There's just a line for me. (laughs) Yes, everybody makes mistakes. But I'm not out here molesting kids. I'm not out here beating women. I'm not out here raping women. I'm not out here doing these things that are too, for my taste, too far. You get what I'm saying? So uh, I understand I am in the flawed, imperfect you know, human being. I might make some mistakes. I might um, misgender somebody. I might, you know, I might do something that don't necessarily align with, you know, my beliefs or something that may be problematic. But something that far, no, I'm perfect. I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not, you get what I'm saying? In that regard, I'm perfect because I ain't raped, molested, done anything like that. So, there's in my mind, there's no if. Yes, if I'm molesting kids, if I'm raping women, if I'm uh, beating women, men who if I'm if I'm violently attacking people, if I'm doing that, fucking cancel me. Hell, fuck yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Because that's that's just you're causing harm to community, but I'm not doing that. So I think it's a false equivalency. To say, well, we all make mistakes. Yes, we all make mistakes. Minor mistakes. <laughs> there are some levels of things that are just too far. That there's more than a mistake. There are they are a vile act of violence to community, yeah. not just a mistake. Right. And so, I don't want to equate some, you know, some, you know, minor mistake that we might make to shit like that. And so, yes, for me. So, uh, I guess I, I ordered some Papa John's um, the other day. So, that has been, that's like, on, was on my list like um, Chick fil A because they supported Trump and they, they support right wing shit and blah, 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 blah. I didn't really fuck with Chick fil A like that anyway. <laughs> so, canceling them wasn't really hard for me. But I love me an old nasty thin crust, well done, <laughs> pepperoni, <laughs> ground beef. Papa John's, Chicago cut. That is my sickening. That is my favorite pizza. So I had me old pizza from Papa John's the other day. (laughs) I feel guilty while I was eating that bitch a little bit, but it was so delicious. (laughs) 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 So that, yes, this is just political stuff that doesn't align with me, but I'm going to eat this little pizza. Y'all ain't going to get no more coins from me for a while, but right in that moment, I needed that little pizza. So, I might be hypocritical in that sense, but when it comes to somebody's art, something I love, I grew up on R. Kelly. There are songs on R. Kelly's um, discography that hold wonderful memories for me. Wonderful memory for me. Especially around my sexuality and people being tender to me in a sexual way and intimacy, healthy expressions of intimacy his music was the sound, some of his songs were the soundtracks of those special moments for me in my life in my teenage years growing up. 12-play album, it, it just was one of those, it was the soundtrack of it. So, I care about that music, but nice. that type of harm is too far for me, where it's just too far. I can throw, this, it's not worth this shit ain't worth <laughs> Me <laughs> aligning with you And making you money And giving you yeah. And And
2: Because When I hear like Songs from yeah, Like I people who, like, Crazy stuff Like when I hear Like when I hear R. Kelly Like my ears be Basically be like Bitch who's Who's playing this? Turn this shit off. Like, I literally feel that way. And, I, like, I, I feel that way every time I, with Chris Brown music, with uh, Tory Lane music, with um, just stuff that's triggering that I know, like, what these people have done that's so vile. Because I really think about that like when you put yourself in um, other people's predicament, it it, it it helps a lot because I know that a lot of people can relate to being um, robbed at gunpoint, but I definitely can. And I know how severe and how crucial and how, how mentally, uh, emotionally that can affect you with PTSD and all types of things. So like if if something like that happens to somebody, I can immediately connect to it. And I think sometimes when people can't connect to it, or if they if they don't see it um, like close to them, or they never went through it, they don't they don't know how to respond to it, or they don't they almost have like um, a cold shoulder to it. Yeah, a cold shoulder. Or, or no,
0: like you said, mm-hmm. Cosby Show is a uh, part of my growing up too. My younger years, I loved the Cosby Show. It was fun seeing little Rudy do the little song and you know it it was a beautiful thing but I don't need to support him I don't need to I don't need to support Cosby you are a a community predator to me I believe what the affidavit said I believe that that was you admitting (laughs) because you didn't think you thought these these documents was going to be forever sealed and they came public and so you admitted it. In my eyes, I don't care if anybody else believed it. Nobody else believed it, but I believe that you are a rapist. You are a predator. You've been a predator for sixty-five years, and and I don't want to support anything that um, that you do. I don't want to give you any kind of coins. I don't want to tell the the um, I don't want to tell the networks that if they play your shit, I'm gonna look over it. I know that it, I may not have the power as a one individual, but if multiple people feel like that, we can have the power to wear that shut down. It was beautiful in the 80s. We're in 2020. We don't need a Cosby show. We passed that stage. We know that there are middle-class black people running amazing families. We know that now. We might have needed that in the 80s. We might have needed that imagery, but we're past that. We don't need it anymore. So have a good day, Cosby. <laughs>
2: Whenever, like, we go to care providers and stuff People really don't have a lot of information about us So, if we're having issues that go on with us We don't have, like, the proper care Or people aren't trained how to um, respond or um, or navigate around us um, As far as conversations, like, what could be triggering for a trans man What could be triggering for a trans woman So, um My topic today is, um, about, um, trans men who have abortions and,
0: um. Let me say this before you go into that part. Another thing, somebody. Not trans
2: men, um, no, I'm sorry, not trans men, trans men, um, specifically trans men and non-binary people.
0: Trans masculine people.
2: Yes. And non-binary.
0: Yes. So what you just said about them not knowing how to navigate us. I can imagine that somebody who may not be trans inclusive, they might listen to that. And I hope you are learning something from this show. But um, I want to reiterate, when we, we are a small group, so somebody could say, of course, if they don't know how to navigate y'all You're not coming in contact with trans people that much. Y'all are just a small group. Y'all want us to change our whole situation for y'all little small population. They say that all the time. That's trash. That is a trash mindset because there are multiple small groups that has nothing to do with sexuality, gender identity. Um, If you look at um, African Americans. We're only probably like 13% of, <laughs> of the population in America. Being a small group don't mean shit about care. There are people who you need to make buildings accessible for just because they're in a wheelchair. That population might be small, the, peop- the, the people who are in a wheelchair. But you still need to make that building Accessible to them And you're not going to sit there and say Oh God, I got to make a ramp For these people in a wheelchair You know, we we walk up steps Why don't let? Why we got to change our whole building Just to, to accommodate This small number of people We only got one person or two people Coming with a wheelchair Yes, and you need a ramp for those two fucking people And so That's how I want you to think When you are thinking about um, when we are talking about Making care accessible For trans people when we, when, when we are talking about How care should be given to a Special care should be given To how you speak to us When we come into your office yeah. um, Special care, special training Should be done to your staff so when they come in contact with trans people, they can care for them because that is your fucking job as a healthcare provider or any kind of service provider. If you are, if you, because that could be a situation, you not taking care of us in the way that we need to be taken care of, that can be a barrier for us to not come get checked out. For us not to come get a breast exam for us not to come get when we feel in something that's going on with our body we're scared to come into the office and then we sit at home and say i'm not gonna worry about it. i'm not gonna worry about it and then it's at the last minute we, we get had to be forced to the emergency room and figure out we got something that if we would have found out about it six months ago we could have prevented ourselves from dying but now we're sitting on a we're sitting in a bed about to die because we didn't catch this because we didn't come to the hospital to catch it because we were scared of how you was going to misgender us or we were scared of how you were going to treat us negatively because we were trans or you turned us away because we were trans. Yes, this is what, if you are in this position where you are caring for people, this is what you have to do. There are going to be small individual groups of types of people and it's going to be varieties of that. I don't, it's so many that you are going to have to care for. And if you are in a position of giving health care, this is the mindset that you should have. You should be equipped to deal with whatever kind of client comes into your location, your facility. Period. Location. That's what I wanted to say.
2: Period. Like look okay, there's been so many times where I went to the hospital. Well not the hospital, I've been to a new care provider. And um, the experience was like she didn't know what the fuck a trans woman was and she didn't She was, like, her her whole tone changed. Like, she was cool at first, but then, like, she got to, like, almost, like, this off-putting, like, prude, like, I don't almost don't want you to touch me kind of personality. Almost like I was a, a, like a, I don't know, like a fucking alien or something. And you could, like, feel the tension and the uneasiness it made her after I told her I didn't have a period. And told her the reason why I don't have a period And talked about needing hormones And I just like I left the visit like okay I'm not doing this again Because if like th- If this is what I'm going to experience From a care provider Then like how's my next, next experience Going to be Is it going to be Like this or what's going to be worse and so I I, I I
0: completely understand, and that's and that's basically what I want to talk about. They, there's a, a a non-binary person named El Sanchez, and they were crying as the, as the Before I tell this story, this is a trigger warning to anybody. And yes. um, We're about to share a um, an abortion experience. Um. So, yes, cut it off or fast forward. Um. L. Sanchez was crying as, a, as the nurse held their hand um, and the nurse said, I'm sorry, this is always really hard for a woman. At that moment, Sanchez wasn't crying for emotional consequences of getting an abortion. They were crying because of the physical pain. Um, and then they began to cry even more. Both the nurse and the doctor performing the procedure continued to misgender them. Ignoring their instance that, really, they were fine, and no, they didn't need their boyfriend. <laughs> so, um, this was um, Sanchez's second abortion, but for, their, but for their first, this was their first since coming out as non-binary. The first time, you know, I didn't get emotional at all, but this time... You know, because I'm the the doctors is misgendering me They're forcing these heterosexual gender roles on me Making me feel even more erased in the situation So it becomes even more emotional for me So I wasn't crying about Oh my God, I'm getting an abortion Oh Lord, this is so hard No, I'm crying about that I'm in this situation That is hard, first of all Physically hard But I'm also dealing with Transphobia I'm still dealing with you misgendering me. I'm still dealing with these things because, you know, you can't look past, you haven't been trained past cis heteronormativity. And so the rest of the ARCO is going on to talk about creating a new model for um, reproductive justice that's a little bit more inclusive in how we talk about people. Um, And we have to deal with how People have this ingrained way of thinking about gender, and we got to break that down. This is a part of the work that we are doing with Marsha's play, with the work that we do in community. Um, You know, we got to think outside of man and woman, baby. I know that's the norm, and it's going to be really hard, but we got to think outside of that because it's it's more people out here. And that's exactly like that's why I brought
2: up the. the training that I did with the T Fund organization in Dallas, Texas, um, because a lot of like a lot of people know that that there's a, a certain way that you need to refer to us and navigate us. They just don't want to do the research, or they don't want to do what they need to do in order to figure that out so they tiptoe around it but then they come into spaces with us already anxious because they think they they stereotype us as being sensitive and and so i feel like letting those letting those people know that hey this this is how you operate around us this these are things that true trigger us this, these are the things that will make us not want really to come back to our facility. This is something that will change our whole expi- experience to a positive or a good one. Then it's important for you to know, like, each type, different type of person within the LBGT community. I do, I do want to let people know that I'm I not only focused on trans women, i really try to focus on trans men and, and non-binary people and intersex people because especially intersex people because they they are so erased like we like i don't even remember the last time i've, I've seen articles like specifically on intersex people and I, I i believe in trying to um like talk about those those small parts of our community that are erased and i i, I really think it's important for a health officials if you really feel like you that's why you Got into that career, like you wanted to help people, and that—that's your whole mission in life and things. Then help all people, not just the people that you feel like aligned with your your social politics or respectability
1: politics. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, did they say why? Because you said the title of the article was why I didn't tell the doctor. I'm trans before my abortion. Did they say why they didn't tell the doctor before? No, that was just the title. Well, if you don't tell them, of course they gonna misgender you. I mean, but what if you're non-binary? Well, you tell them you're non-binary. Not that this is always going to work, but um, I guess I'm just confused. Let me read
0: it. They actually do. So Orion says, I was definitely not, it was definitely not something that I ever brought up with my doctors because it seemed like it was needlessly complicated. Hold on, let me repeat that. So one of the people in the article named Orion Rodriguez. They say that their first abortion, he opted not to disclose his trans identity. It was definitely not something that I brought up with my doctors. This is what he says. It was definitely something that I did not bring up with my doctors because it seemed like it was needlo- It would needlessly complicate things. Since then, Rodriguez has struggled with getting medical professionals to respect and acknowledge his gender identity. Practitioners often used the wrong pronouns when referring to him, and in one case he was called a young lady while receiving care even through his medical even though his medical charts noted that he was trans. He said it was very discouraging to realize, yeah, I'm probably right about not disclosing. There was a reason why I just didn't talk to my doctor about my gender because it wasn't I wasn't receiving medical treatment for it. It's not worth putting up the fight, and I wish that that were the case. So, so he seems like he didn't want to talk about it because it was more complicated. I'm just here to get an abortion, do the fucking abortion. I don't need to get to. Te- I don't. I don't want to teach you about gender identity. I don't want. I don't want it to turn into this big old thing. I just want you to do my abortion.
1: Gotcha. Two two quotes I see. It says, if you're trying to make the conversation neutral, people think that you're doing this sexist thing where you're not including women, Sanchez says. But when we're talking about these medical things or equity, we don't want people, including cis women, to be defined by their ability to reproduce or defined by their body parts. Okay. Also, they said there is such a hyper-focus and dominant culture on vilifying trans women that people forget trans masculine folks exist. Yep. yep. I, think that's a, I think that's a
0: good point because I think that there are women who cisgender women who are proud and invested in womanhood and femininity and in a way that when you neutralize it for the care of non-binary people, neutralize it for the care. And we see this um, in trans women too, a little bit, Um, especially when they think, you know, I'm just gender non-congruent. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a woman with a defect I'm, I'm not trans. I'm just a woman. Um, when they're that type of person, they are invested in femininity and womanhood in the way that when you neutralize it, when you neutralize it for trans people and for non-binary people, they feel like for some reason, I don't know why, but they feel and express themselves like you are invalidating them or like you are... Um, Taking up too much space by erasing them. Um, I want to be called a woman. Don't. I want you to acknowledge my womanhood. Uh, don't call me cis. Don't, don't call me cisgendered. Don't. Don't, call me, don't ask me what my pronouns are. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And that's not just cisgender women. That's trans women too. Some of them. And so. Um, they'll get offended when you neutralize it to be safe. Because they feel like it erases them. And so I don't I don't know how to um I don't know how to fix that because that's a conversation we have had for decades and decades and decades. People mm-hmm. like that, I just I don't know how to handle them. I, I feel like that is that's like when I talk to people like that. It, is, it feels like I'm talking to a racist white person about racism, like a, like a Christian fundamentalist. Like, why would I have some, a conversation with a, with a Ku Klux Klan member about racism? I, I'm not going to debate you about my humanity. I'm not going to debate you and have a serious conversation with you about why white supremacy is a problem. When you're telling me that you feel white supremacy is the way the world is, I'm not going to have a conversation with you (laughs) because we're so far distant that I'm not going to move you. And so people like that, if you're so invested in femininity and womanhood so much that you don't see the benefits of neutralizing it for everybody, how, how that hierarchy of patriarchy is actually harming you too, how how you defining femininity is actually harming you too. If you can't see it, and you're not trying to see it, not just you can't see it, you're not trying to see it. I mean, how? I don't know. I don't know how I I, I don't know how, how to engage with those people.
1: I think honestly, white feminism kind of fucked things up for some women because they're hyper focused on vaginas and holding up vaginas at parades and, you know, the puss, you know, we're white women, we have a pussy. That is actually the opposite of what the focus is supposed to be. It's supposed to, I, I don't know, my feminism looks like um, it's just the liberation of films and femininity and not connected to a genitalia part. And I feel like, um, cause for women of color or black women or just women of color, your your vagina is not going to protect you anyway. So as a woman, and when you you're ta- you're doing the very thing that patriarchy does, like limits you to just your ovaries and just your vagina and just your breasts just your anatomy and you're oppressing queer folks, queer body folks, the same way that white patriarchal men have always done. It, it makes zero sense to limit yourself to your vagina and, your, and make it align with what your womanhood looks like. Like it's just, um, it's a contradiction. And I feel like a lot of people don't see it that way. So,
0: I agree, I feel like, and I don't know how to engage with them and it be productive. Like when I was watching time, I don't wanna say her name. When I was watching this person, she made a whole video about it. And and I couldn't, in my mind I was like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense And we fundamentally disagree And I'm I'm presenting There's a lot of times It was another recent incident I'm presenting to you Logical Rebuttals to what you're Thinking
1: And Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) you're a trans woman you feel like You can't talk About it Right, or
0: so many things. And one of the most durable paradoxes of white supremacy is the idea that those who are closest to experience of oppression are its least credible witnesses. And it was said about Walter Johnson. Mm. Wow, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So I think that's true. Mm-hmm. In a lot of circumstances where just because you, they're going to blame us for being too sensitive, they're going to blame it. They're going to say,
1: oh, you're... not crime." crying.
0: Yeah, or some silliness. <laughs> we're too, we're too sensitive. It's, it's going to always be something that undermines the truth of what we're telling you, the truth of our experience and the truth of what needs to happen to make us all inclusive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... I think people from a place of privilege, particularly people from a place of privilege who are also oppressed, gotta clock that. People who are particularly the ones that are also close to being oppressed in the same heavily way that we are, um, like a cisgender woman. um, But that comes with a level of privilege, just being cisgender. And so um, sometimes it's hard for them to see But baby you need some ramps on this building for those wheelchair people. <laughs> you might need some ramps on these buildings. You might need um, to make a little bit of adjustments and take yourself out of the situation. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: we know that you may be a whole different kind of oppression. You might be deaf. You might be the deaf person. You get what I'm saying. So you, but you can walk up the stairs. So you might not need a ramp,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you have another level of oppression, <laughs> and you might. Yeah, and that's and that's valid and true. But there's other people. There's other people with different needs that need to be taken care of, and it doesn't mean that they are more important than yours. It doesn't mean that. Um, You need to stop yours. It doesn't invalidate yours. It doesn't entrench upon the reality of yours existing. And we can do both of those things at the same time. We can get a ramp and we can fix, you know, your hearing impairedness or whatever. We can do both of these things to make this building a better place for all of us coming into it. My topic is... Candace Owens, and Harry Styles. Have y'all heard about what's going on with
1: that?
2: I haven't heard anything about what's going on about it. I'm pretty sure it includes a photo of her with with a, with a whack ass hairdo and bad contouring and uh, that motherfucking ponytail. I bet you she got that ponytail with that, that bang to the side.
0: No, she doesn't have a ponytail. She has her has to look normal in that picture. Her normal split ends tresses hanging <laughs> down a drop.
2: Okay, she did the split ends.
0: Uh, oh the, dry end, the, the dry hanging down split ends that she normally has. The uh-huh. legendary split ends. Uh-huh. Yeah, she has oh. that. So this that, So Kentis Owens again um, n- commented on Vogue magazine's um, cover shoot with um, Harry Styles, right? So Harry Styles on Monday, he um, not on Monday. Harry Styles has a cover shoot for Vogue where he is—he's in dresses and he's in skirts and he is, you know, in these gowns and things in in the in the photo shoot.
2: Very androgynous.
0: So yes. And one of the things that he says is, there's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. I've never thought too much about what it means. It just becomes this extended part of creating something, he said. So Candace responds to Harry's style being in these dresses and gowns involved in with that she is tired of and concerned about. The feminization of our men. And Candace Owens is not the only conservative <laughs> black woman.
2: I'm sorry, darling girl. Is this the white man we're talking about? Yes. Oh, her husband is a white man. Yes. Oh, okay.
0: But no. it not- was
2: the our men part that had got to me. Go ahead.
0: Okay, so you know that. <laughs> I don't want to make this particularly about that. I really want to break down. So I really want to give a little bit of history of America. <laughs> when we talk about the feminization of men, we have to talk about the toxic masculinization of men.
2: How far are you going back, though, Diamond? We traveling
0: back in time? Yes, we are. We're traveling back to the early 1900s. Let, let's talk about it. So, in the early 1900s, there was this thing that happened based on um, the economy and the rise of consumerism when it comes to industry, when it comes to money in this country, Okay there was this image that started to come out of this strong, white, manly man, okay? It's just, and it comes out in various ways. One of the things that was happening in the economy is that there were these people who were in industry. This is the, you know, this is the time when they're really being exploitative. And there, there was this group of people that, that they called um, the, the robber barons. So it would be names that we, that we know about now. So when we think about rich names, who do we think about? We think about Rockefeller. We think about Carnegie. We think about Vanderbilt. We think about J.P. Morgan. We think about Stanford that was in like railroads and shit. We think about Ford in the, in the car industry. So in the, these men, these patriarchs, were known to be very, very capitalistic and exploitive, getting rich off of people, off of labor, off of the backs of black people, the backs of poor people, black and white. First it was black, and then it was black and white. Um, And and immigrants, like anybody that was coming to America at this time, they were getting rich off exploiting their labor. Um, And so it started this, this economic turn where, consumerism because if you remember back in the day everybody was living on farms and it was about producing and and that kind of stuff but now it's going people are going moving into cities and it's about consuming things and having a certain status these there was started to be this rich people debutante this this kind of image of um having things now is definitely the image uh, that you want to portray while you're living in these cities. But also what was going on, there was a culture of poor people that included immigrants, Black folks, um, you know, underprivileged people, women. There was this undercurrent of these things were being exploited. Women were being exploited. They couldn't vote (laughs) of any kind. Um, Black folks was being exploited Immigrants were being exploited Homosexuals were being demonized Religiously And so All these things were coming together Creating a culture And as we know, based on our amazing Prophetess (laughs) Toni Morrison, she was like One of the first places that you start to see Cultural change is going to be art It's going to be the arts That is one of the first places Or any kind of um, You know, any kind of art, when we talk about sculpture, when we talk about writing, when we talk about poetry, when we talk, this is where you're going to see cultural um, critique start to happen. That's the first line of the culture changing. So they started to have um, everything, everything about queer folks, where it'd be men dressed like women, women dressed like men, it was demonized. They started doing, they start doing consumer, they start making things that represented the gender roles. So for example, that's when you started to see the Barbies. That's when you started to see the G.I. Joes, not the G.I. Joes, but little army men um, coming up as toys for little boys. And that's when you started to see dolls and baby dolls and teaching little girls how to be motherhood. This is the early 1900s where these things started to be mass-produced The assembly line started to make things productive, production, where people can buy, 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 buy. It was a whole consumer thing. But when you get consumer, when you're trying to get people to um, consume something, you got to sell it to them, right? And what do we use to sell to people? Ads. Ads, marketing, blah, 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 blah. So guess what came out of these particular things? Magazines. Yes. Window shopping, you know, like whole windows And you display your um, the clothes or something that you want to buy That stuff started happening during this time Before they weren't doing that it, Let's talk about politics I'm just trying to give you the cultural narrative of what was going on So Teddy Roosevelt, our president At the time, he was seen as the perfect ideal of white American manhood because all these things were trying to come up and destroy the pure, the pure version of white supremacy. You, you needed to be a man. It was connected to your masculinity and your manhood was connected to your patriotism. It was, it, the whole thing about a young, vibrant male was also connected to the efficiency of your mind and your representation, representation of being white. And so all those things was connected. And so because these things on the bottom level was coming up to attack it, whether it be miscegenation, like mixing with black people, whether it be the homosexual, whether it would be women trying to come up and vote and get more equal power with us, these things are attacking us. So for us to keep the social purity of whiteness and uphold, upholding it, we need to do that. By all means And so the goals The things that they use To be able to do that Is censorship Jim Crow Lynching Sanitation um, Any kind Like suffrage um, Even socialism Like when they Brought brought the New Deal in To be able to protect Their um, To protect their industry, So they wouldn't go down So And one of the tools That I really want to talk about Is eugenics We know what eugenics is It's them believing Them trying to stop us from making babies, not just Black people, but anybody who they saw as weak, who they saw is not close to the white race, they are trying to use science to be able to stop that from happening and prove that white is the supreme being. And so during that time, all these images start to come up. When we talk about Paul Bunyan, y'all know that's a fake character, but Paul Bunyan He was a masculine lumberjack man representing white manhood, big chest. When we talk about Tarzan, people don't know that he had the symbolism of Tarzan, why he was popular is because he was triumphing in the books, he was triumphing against the apes and the Africans. He would literally hang them up by his hand. They would use that As as the symbolism of what was actually happening In the real world The real world is that they were lynching black people They were lynching them And attacking them But Tarzan, his whole image Was about The whole symbolism of him Is whiteness being this great thing And actually killing for pleasure Literally about When they talked about Tarzan In the books He was killing people for pleasure Not just to eat Not just Um Like a a normal animal The sickening thing about him What made him great Is that he was killing people for pleasure He wasn't like a lowly animal He was doing it because he can Because I'm a man And this is what man represents Is that if I want to kill you and take you out I can take you out And so that symbolism Was reflecting in the real world Based on them lynching people in the real world So Also Jesus wasn't exempt either (laughs) <laughs> That's a key, key too Jesus wasn't exempt Even Jesus got a makeover There was an artist A writer by the name of Bruce Barton Who Took Jesus from this passive Long-suffering You know, small, frail man Who is suffering And I'm passive And I'm Je- nice Jesus He literally put Jesus <laughs> As a bold Broad-chest-strong And buff capitalists In his book And the white women Was sharing the book Like yes This is the real Jesus This is how Jesus Is supposed to be Because they were invested In this white male Patriarch image Of to keep whiteness Great And so they would be Sharing this Tarzan This Paul Bunyan All these different Images of white Male Virility (laughs) To the world To basically Fight against What was happening And and because they were putting it on a pedestal, it was supposed to represent um, the greatness. But of course, if you think about it, when we come to advertising and come to art, that image started to be sexualized, right? That white man, virility and strong, it started to be sexualized. So what started to happen this is one of the first times that the male body was sexualized in a way that the women's body was because they use, they've been using women's body to sell shit and the image of women's body. But this is the first time that they started using the male body as an image to sell something in consumerism. And so who are the artists of the day? You know, it's going to be some queer folks. That's the artists of the day. Right. So what they didn't know is the the men that they were hiring to do this artwork, to do this advertising in the same that way that we see Vogue doing their advertising for certain things, mm-hmm. they were gay men. They were gay men artists. And so they were making some of these images that they were creating were created by gay men. There was a, there was a, a, a figure called the arrow collar man who was like this business white dapper man that everybody shrouded as this perfect specimen of, like, even white feminists who were eugenists who didn't like black people, they would be saying, This is a perfect specimen. Even Teddy Roosevelt, this is the perfect specimen of white male manhood. <laughs> but they didn't know that this image was created by a gay man and he was made after his lover. He was literally drawing his lover. <laughs> The gay men who were creating window designs, who, who were creating, um, who was literally sharing the lingerie for women, was putting him up in windows. And, and in this time, that was salacious. That was, that was like, oh my God, what are you, that was shaking the table. So people used to protest against like Woolworths and protest, not Woolworths, um, just different department stores that would have these sexy lingerie items. But they were trying to sell them. They were, they were trying to get them to be a consumer. This is what, what the economy was about. But these gay men was making it look sickening and they were coming in to buy it. And so even though this was against the purity that they were trying to get, it was for the capitalism that they were trying to, that they also was trying to get. I'm trying to get y'all money too. And I know these sickening ass windows and these sickening ass images that these gay people are making. They didn't know that they were gay, but we know through their biographies and through them telling it the tea later that they were gay. And so for me, that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of how this image of toxic whiteness was created to be against all of us, to be against women, to be against men, to be against gay men, not, not to, to be against black men, to be against black women, to be against the race, to be against all the things that that we now, we see other people as allies like who are oppressed with us. And so now, in this day and age, what we are seeing is a slow undoing of the toxic image that they created back then. That manly man wasn't real. <laughs> that manly man was to, was created to be against homophobia. It was created to be against blackness. It was created to be to prop up patriarchy. That's what it was. And so anybody who are the the bottom tier of those of those oppressions, we are what we are seeing is that they're undoing it. And she is just somebody just so happened to be because we're a little bit more free than we were in the 1920s as a black as a black woman. She's just a black woman that's a little bit more free. And so Trying to be a white woman, and she's align aligning with these conservative values, so she thinks she's doing something special, but all she is doing, miss Candace, is just aligning with this already toxic white image of manhood That's it
2: basically, and that's why they're so afraid um that's why they're so like that's why I like this this hate community of representation on platforms because they know how powerful that can be as far as conditioning society because they, they they've done it that way they know how it begins and how like even though a lot of them can't break it down they understand it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so they feel like it's conditioning um Society, because there have been there's been people who use use platforms in a negative light, and it's been successful in cha- changing people in society. So, um, I completely agree with you. Like as far as um, her trying to align herself with um, the way she thinks um, will get her in a better light or make her more adjacent to um, white supremacy
0: yeah so it's not feminizing men it what it's doing is neutralizing <laughs> it is allowing men to express themselves in any way that they want, and they don't need to fit that white, manly patriarchal image
1: of the past mm-hmm. and even on the- as a, I
2: mean a black man did it first as a black a
1: man, as a black man, I'm already knowing that other black men are looking at Harry Styles like, oh, whatever, that's what white people do, is what it is, that gay shit, they invented that shit. And then when Jaden Smith wore a kind of half-dress or something like that on, on Vogue Korea... It was like, oh, they're letting them be too free. Like This is the agenda, what they want us to do. Like, this is what they want us to be like. They want, us, they want to feminize the black men. And I remember you saying a while ago, there is some weird weirdness there as far as um, emasculating black men. But there have, for, for me, the more prominent image they try to give of black men is hyper-masculine and i want people to understand when you're talking about emasculating black men
0: that language is rooted in homophobia right but but i want you i want you to not confuse emasculating black men with white men pushing you out of patriarchy white patriarchy i think that that's what they sometimes confuse mm. they it doesn't matter that you are, um, you're not white and the image of masculinity in this country is strong white man <laughs> because white supremacy is the rule of the game here. So you, yeah, you got this stereotype of having a big dick. You got, you, 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 you see it as this strong animalistic, you bigger, you better, you, um, you know, you're, you're more athletic and blah, more blah, violent. blah, But I still make the rules and I'm going to push you out. I'm going to do whatever I can to demean you. It's not necessarily I'm uh, uh, emasculating you. I'm doing what I can to assert my power. It's not to make you a homosexual. It's not to make you... um. It's to make you weaker than me. It's make it's to make it's to upset my power to you. So I'm pushing you out of patriarchy. I'm pushing you out of power. It's not only reason why you're associating um, the emasculation of the black man with homosexuality is because you want the power that the white man has. And them pushing you out of power, you're just calling it homosexuality. Do you see what I'm saying? You just call it emasculation Because, you know, your mindset is rooted in homophobia But it's really they're pushing you out of power And you feel weak (laughs) They're pushing you out of power They're pushing you out of being a successful Whatever the image is of what a successful man is That's a part of that image too About the family unit Cisheteronormativity was a part of that um, image of male Success having a wife And having children having things And having upstanding that was a part of it Too so if I take the power Away from you to be able to do that You tipping around With your black wife and your kids Trying to be uppity if I do Whatever I need to do to shake that up <laughs> And I got the power To do it to make you not get work To make your however That goes i I, I, I Kick you out of the power to get that image that you want That I'm selling to you in all the magazines Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's not about me emasculating you and everybody I want everybody to be gay It's I want you to be weak All of you Not just you as a man I want your woman to be weak I want her man to be weak I want all of y'all to be weak So I'm pushing y'all out of power But I'm also pushing white women out of power. <laughs> I don't want them to have... I want to keep them in the place that they're supposed to do. You're supposed to make my heirs.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, they're going to applaud somebody like Candace. i like, yes, Candace. Do no the work wrong. for Know your role. <laughs> yeah. Do your thing, Candace. That's what I love to see. We love Candace. Don't we love Candace? We ain't going to invite her nowhere, but...
2: She has so much... <laughs> Dry, coochie energy I'm tired of bitches with dry, coochie Energy, leave dry, coochie Energy <laughs> And 2020,
0: please mm. <laughs> so, Yes, I just wanted to talk about That, I wanted to give, just to break down That history a little bit, uh, how the Industry, how capitalism led Us to, uh, to consum- Consumerism, and how That birthed images Of a strong white masculinity that everybody was started to chase. So everybody was trying to be in suits and trying to be, there was, this was sold to us. Everybody was trying to be this perfect picture image of heterosexuality, this perfect picture image of the black version of the white man, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, the black version of the white woman, Whatever it is, they were trying to mimic that They were trying to mimic what was being sold What what looked like success in America And if you're a black American And you wanted respect You had to mimic that level of success And of course, they're making rules with Jim Crow And gerrymandering and whatever To keep you in certain parts To keep you out of their bougie area <laughs> they're 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 utilizing their power to not let you get to those levels, but that don't mean that black people weren't trying to mimic. They weren't trying to mimic the images in the art that they were seeing with Teddy Roosevelt.
2: We just broke down how the confusion between them them thinking that a masculinity of a black man is them being gay versus than a white man basically wanting a black man not to have power. And that's the feeling that they think that the LBGT community is creating because they feel that we're we're having some type of ally to white supremacy, which is is just, uh, all these theories is weird, but there are people who actually think black and white like that and pass that information on from it, the, the ignorant the, to every ignorant person that you can think of. Because I hear that same conversation when I talk to a lot of Black people within the community. They they say that we're aligned with... Um, with white supremacy and pedophilia, and we have our own agenda, and it's, we're a bunch of confused, weird, mentally disabled people that need cures. And why haven't we seen other people than just, you know, therapists? We need medication to like. They,
1: they, that's say, how they think. And then when we say a lot of us, well, when I say I have been to a therapist, and I can show you the papers where I have, where it has stolen. Oh, Gender dysphoria Oh, uh, whatever.
2: Yeah, they're going to do what Diamond was talking about earlier. They're going to gaslight you to your face and, and, and show you that you're crazy because it's, it's, it's clear that you're
1: crazy because you just showed us. <sighs> yeah, I don't even engage with those people no more. Yes. Just like how they don't care to learn about us, sometimes I just don't give a fuck about learning what they, what they talk about either. So it's About educating them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really a
2: waste of time. And it it it, like I'm here to like help people who wanna learn but there's literally people who who just who really wanna to to oppress you and be nasty and vile. Like there are people who live for that. Like they they get some some kind of life. Like trolling. Like Yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah. Well all right. We have done the show. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Um yeah. Stop listening to the Candace Owens. <laughs> oh no, right,
2: no. i giving go, these huh? before we go, um, I did want to mention Asia. Um, she she was murdered this week. Um, she was twenty two years old. She was murdered on the southwest. She was found um um with bullet wounds uh on the side of the road um whoever it was had dumped her. Who uh, was really, really um there there was a I almost didn't bring it up but today, but because I sometimes I'm like, you know, we we've had so much debt. It's like I don't wanna like be that that like give that energy off. But also I, I think that no You can't ignore yeah, it. Yeah, I can't ignore it because you need to know like the reality of this. Like this. This is not something that we just make up, or or not that we just make up. That we're just being extra about. No, like literally, I knew this. I, I would. The way I met this girl who passed away when well I passed away, that was murdered this week. The way I met her, she's twenty two years old. I, I met her last year, and it was at the bid the vigil, the bit uh, the vigil, vigil, right? Mm-hmm. The vigil. I always mess that up. But the vigil of her, uh, one of her best friends who was murdered and her body was dumped on the the side of the highway in a vacant parking lot. And that's her at her friend's vigil trying to console her at the back of the room while everybody is trying to talk, like, talk about ways that we can as a community um, stop the trans deaths and and it's just like, it's just mind-blowing. It's just
1: mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, so we had a murdered trans woman by the name of Asia Foster. That's who Mia's talking about. And that's ironic because I was there with you at that vigil for um, Tracy. And just to have her be there about her vigil. And now we're going to have a, a vigil about her, her death. Each. Wow. They're both young. They're both um, like 22 years
2: old. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, black trans women are still out here getting murdered. We apologize for, um, you know, ending on a sad note. But that's the truth. That's the reality of the trans experience. That's what these motherfuckers is out here doing. And we're trying to stop it by educating people on this show and the work that we're doing outside of this show. So, thank you for listening, y'all. All All right. Peace Peace out. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes
1: that's diamond s t y l-z at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia?
0: Yeah? Oh, bye, y'all! Oh. <laughs> 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 Every little thing's gonna be alright. Oh, right. oh, don't you worry about a thing.